Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Relationship 
not only did they continue the relationship, but I mean, Ainsley has a title for this, by the way, so you need to go back and listen to the name of the title of the episode. But not only did they continue the relationship, but they enhanced and, I mean, doubled down on what they were doing. So not only were they seeing one another in secret, you know, the first episode they were going to this nice, I guess at that point, it was a nice hotel. Well, they were all out at the amusement park together. Oh, they were out eating together and walking together and having a gallivanting good time together. So all of the discretion went straight out the window. What else did they do? Well, they showed one time him pulling up to the hotel, motel, Holiday Inn. Yeah, it was no Holiday Inn. Homegirl had switched from a hotel to a motel for the thrill of it. Now, we all know that motels tend to be pretty sleazy. And, uh, yeah, he, he mentioned that. He mentioned that it was a step down from where they had been going. But when he pulled up, homegirl had run to the door, swung it open, negligee on, and everything. Well, it got turned up even from there. Because mm, I feel like Wendy Williams dishing the dirt. Well, I got dish the dirt on this story. They were having problems. Uh, Alan and Betty, his wife, and you know, they uh, decided to go to marriage counseling. Well, Candy was not happy about that because she immediately saw it as a threat to their comfortability to being together because, you know, if they go to marriage counseling and they get this together, then why would he want her? Well, you can tell that a homegirl was not having it. She was all ruffled, and she in the restaurant was quite loud when he told her to shh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this thing here in episode two, Ooh, just went to the moon. Yes. You know, he started telling Candy about their relationship, him and his wife, and how, you know, she really wasn't doing well and how postpartum was not really working, you know, in his best interest and how, you know, he she had made advances to have sex with him and he told her he was too tired and, oh, my goodness, but, the church folk conversation comes up when Betty, Alan's wife, begins to give the brand new pastor a hard time. Yes, you know, Pastor Jackie from episode one, you know, she's leaving and she's getting, she's gotten a new job, so she's going to relocate and she found them a replacement uh, pastor. And oh my she was not feeling him at all. You know, you could tell that he came in. He was making changes. He was stepping it up some, you know, just kind of shaking up some things. And she was really giving him what for. And, you know, we got to talking about, you know, 
in, in, in real life, in church folk world, you know, what they're doing, you know, when, what do they normally do when a new pastor takes over? Well, we always know that people going to be people and people don't like change. And unfortunately, people act not only the way Betty behaves, but much worse. Pastor Charlene tells the story of, you know, her, you know, relationship and how, you know, she was the new, you know, uh, pastor because the old pastor had passed away and she moved from assistant pastor to pastor. And, you know, I asked the question, did they really feel that, you know, Jackie was a little too close to the members? And, you know, there's some pros and cons to getting too close to your congregation. I got to tell you, there are really some things that you you will see happening when you do step into a zone and, you know, some people become a little too familiar. And it was quite some conversation yesterday. I got to tell you, now I would have loved for Pastor Jeff to be in on that one because, you know, Pastor Jeff has experienced some things. I would have loved to hear what he had to say, but I tell you, between Pastor Charlene, Ainsley, and Shanti's boy, they had that boat rocking yesterday. So you definitely, 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 you definitely want to go back and listen because, man, we didn't talk about what happened when Alan and Betty got to the retreat for the married couples. Yes, when they went for the couples therapy. We didn't talk about what happened there. So there's so much we did not talk about. So you want to go back. If you didn't look at it, you want to view that episode you want to definitely go back and look at the first episode so you can see where it all began. And come on and go on this journey with us because I can tell you, I don't know what's going to happen. There's only seven episodes to this mini-series. And next week, Tuesday, God Spares, we'll be talking about episode three. And I have to tell you, the writers really moved this story along. So... They are woo-wee. These people in this story, mm-mm-mm. And it's real life. Yeah, it's a true story. Wow. I tell you, you can't make this stuff up. Wow, that's how we spent our Tuesday. Well, today is Wow Wednesday. And you know what we do on Wednesdays. The ladies have their say. It's going to be a little different today. I don't think we're going to last the full, you know, distance today. I'm really not feeling well, but we're going to have this socially conscious segment. We're going to get our chatter on. Our Minister Michelle is still not well. Uh, We're going to keep her in prayer. Our elder Natisha is away. And, you know, we're going to enjoy our time together 
as we push through this hump day for some, but wow, Wednesday for us. So I'm sure our girl Vivian is rearing and ready to go, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on, and whatever you do, don't go anywhere, because we will be right back. Hey, y'all. I'm Ashley Barron, celebrity ambassador for the National Scleroderma Foundation. Imagine your own body attacking itself, damaging your skin, organs, and even threatening your life. That's what a disease called scleroderma can do to people. Join me, Ashley Barron, and others as we walk to help people with scleroderma find their best path at stepping out to cure scleroderma walk in person or virtually. To find your local walk, Visit scleroderma.org backslash stepping out. Today on Socially Conscious, we're starting off with a quick story regarding the little people. Reports say uh, more than two children suffered what were described as burn-like injuries after playing on slides that had been doused with acid at a Massachusetts park. They say police and firefighters responded to Bliss Park in Long Meadow, Massachusetts, on Sunday morning for a report of a suspicious substance on the playground equipment. At about the same time that day, firefighters and emergency medical technicians responded to a nearby home for a report of two more children with burns who had just left that park. Excuse me. So a mom said she thought the liquid on the slide was just rainwater until her one-year-old 
went down the slide and started screaming and crying. She said the liquid left blisters and swelling on her children's legs. Authorities determined that someone had broken into a storage room where chemicals were kept at the park swimming pool and stole some acid, the acid which can be used for cleaning or maintaining a pool's pH balance, was then poured on three slides. No one has been charged as of yet, but authorities say that they believe the suspect and or suspects may have also been injured, so they are trying to use that information to possibly catch the people responsible. So this is definitely a sad story, and this was absolutely intentional. Whoever did this knew exactly what they were doing, so hopefully they will catch these individuals. And luckily, the children are in stable condition, and they are expected to be okay. Maybe a bit of scarring uh, physically and emotionally, but (laughs) they are expected to make a full recovery. Next, we have a warning to Americans. They say, check Fraud is back in a big way, fueled by a rise in organized crime that is forcing small businesses and individuals to take additional safety measures. So they are asking Americans to avoid sending checks through the mail altogether. According to reports, they say banks have issued roughly 680,000 reports of check fraud to the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network last year, which is an increase from the 350,000 that was reported back in 2021. Meanwhile, the U.S. Postal Inspection Service reported roughly 300,000 complaints of mail theft in 2021, which is more than double than the year prior. So I don't know who is still sending checks these days. A lot of people are, you know, paying their bills and doing things like that electronically. But apparently they're saying that roughly 3.4 billion checks were written this year alone, which is down, but that's still a lot. So, again, if you are one of those individuals who are – writing checks and sending checks through the mail, whether it's to pay a bill or a merchant. They're just warning you against it. They want you to maybe find another way to do it because they're saying that the check fraud is going up, mail theft is going up, which was expected after COVID. You know, a lot of people were, you know, stealing people's checks when when we were receiving those checks through the mail. So, again, if you're one of those people that are still doing things in this manner, you may want to find another way. And speaking of statistics, reports say that more than 258 million people across 58 countries faced severe hunger this year alone. And mind you, we are only in June. So for them to get these numbers, 258 million people across 58 countries, who have faced severe hunger in 2022, uh, I'm sorry, 2023, that is a very big number. So this is the highest rate of food insecurity in the last seven years. They say fallout from Russia's war in Ukraine 
local conflict, climate change, and the economic impact of COVID-19 and high inflation are all major factors that have driven this number up. They say that there has been a 33% spike in the number of people facing hunger globally, reporting 193 million people in 53 countries back in 2021. So again, not only have the number of people gone up, but the number of countries who are facing severe hunger has also gone up, excuse me. So personally, I used to hate when people would say, you know, things like don't complain because someone out there has it worse than you. But I've learned that this is a very appropriate statement. So just thanking God that you are not part of the 258 million Americans that they are talking about in this article And, of course, if you can lend a helping hand, please find a way to do so because that is a very crazy and sad number. Next, I came across this interesting article that says, New York City's Department of Correction will no longer be made to inform the public of inmate fatalities. They say last year, the Department of Correction reported 19 deaths in custody, the the city's worst toll since 2016. And as of right now, the Department of Correction's website lists the number of inmate deaths for 2023 as unknown, even though they're saying that there has been at least three inmate deaths that they know about. They say previously the department would send out a press release after anyone died in custody, including their name, time of death, and the facility in which they died at. They're saying this had been a standard procedure for approximately two years, but the Department of Correction now describes inmate death um, information as public um, practice, not policy. They're saying that in 2020, at least 4,998 inmates died in jails nationwide before they were able to get their day in court. So, of course, people everywhere are not filling this new uh, practice. They're saying that this will be a way for them to get away with things and not have to tell anyone about it. They cited one act. Uh, They say under the Death and Custody Act of 2013, law enforcement agencies like jails are required to submit deaths to the Department of Justice, but not necessarily make it public knowledge. But now they're saying that this is just not enough because now they're using that to say that they don't have to make it public knowledge. So as always, we ask for our listeners to join in on the conversation What say you? Do you think that this information needs to be made public? Or are you saying like, eh, doesn't matter. So join the conversation. Let us know what you think, which brings us to our wow story of the week. You've probably heard of Dexter Barry, who was arrested last November following a dispute with a neighbor. They say five days later. Dexter died 
after jail officials refused to give him necessary medication for his heart transplant. So reports say Barry was arrested on November 18th after a neighbor reported him to police for allegedly threatening to beat him up following an extended dispute over Wi-Fi. While the two never physically fought, Barry was still arrested on a simple assault charge. Medical records show Barry received a heart transplant in October of 2020. They say he frequently insisted that he needed to take specific daily medication to prevent his body from rejecting his new heart. According to body camera footage of the incident, Barry told police officers at least seven times that he needed this medication to survive. They say court videos show that the next day when he was able to stand before the judge, he also spoke up about his meds and the judge responded, quote, okay, here's what I'll do, Mr. Dexter. I'm going to simply set a bond in your case of 503 and add the additional condition of nonviolent victim contact, end quote. But they're saying by the time he was released, he had already missed at least five doses of his medication. And they say despite him resuming his medication, Barry's health declined over the next few days, and he died on November 23rd, just three days after being released. So they are, of course, suing, and they want the officers, the arresting officers, to be held accountable for their family and their father's death. The son said the police officer could have simply walked inside the home. It was a two-minute walk that could have saved his father's life. They're saying that they did not order the medication or get the medication because of the cost of it, and now this man is gone. So definitely a messy story, and this is the type of things that they could possibly get away with when they're now implementing this rule that they don't have to make death and jail public knowledge. So, again, definitely a messy situation. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wow stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. And thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you, boy. Did you come up with some socially conscious news this week? I think I got all my information. But, as always, if you can hang around or be available, just in case we need some clarification, we would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. You're welcome. You too. Feel better. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, boy. What a mess. Goodness gracious. Well, we're going to talk to our ladies and see what they have to say. Oh, let's say good morning to Lady Tamika. Good morning, Lady Tamika. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday to you. I am so sorry that you're not feeling well today, but I'm glad that you were able to get on. 
Well, thank you so very much. I appreciate that. Good to hear your voice as always, you, Vivian. Uh, how are you feeling? I am well, thank you. Good, very good. Wow. You know, my question is, what won't people do? You know, someone steals acid, pours it on a slide, and now the babies are suffering burns and all the kind of injuries and swellings and things like this. You know, what is the matter, you know, I mean, you're not really answering that question, but, you know, what is the matter with people now where you know a slide is for children, so your intent is to hurt children? What do you think about, you know, again, another target on our children? I, I honestly, you know, this world and all of its devices has me baffled on a daily basis. I just, I don't understand it. And so it wasn't like it was an accident. You know, they they are clearly stating, you know, they have forensics. They, they are clearly stating that this person was burned. And not just to throw it away once that, once you realize that you got burned when you stole it. You know, you decide to put it on not just one, but multiple slides, the damage, you know, children are children. They're laughing, they're playing. Like, what goes through your mind that makes you decide of all places to put it? You know, children are automatically going to, oh, you know, they're running for swings and slides. And, you know, my heart goes out to the parents, you know, who automatically when you first see a child screaming, you don't know what's going on, especially if they're, you know, not of age where they can verbalize. You have little, little tiny ones that can't verbalize and tell you what's going on. You just look down, you know, and with acid, you know, you can't rub it. You can't, you know, you're not supposed to, I think you're not supposed to put water on it immediately because it'll cause it to burn even more, you know, and just thinking about the health care of the parent trying to aid a child who can't tell you what's going on. You know, you rushing the child to the hospital because they're screaming uncontrollably and you don't know what's going on. My heart goes out to the parents that have to aid this, these children, you know, back to um, whatever form of health they're going to be in. And then the damage, you know, the child got burned on a slide and you get ready to go to another park or maybe the same park and they could be traumatized and never ride a slide again. You know, you, you've just damaged just the whole ideal of just being a child being a child and being innocent, playful, and enjoying life. that That's just, you know, that's a really demented mind. It is. It surely, surely is. You know, you you ain't got nothing else to do. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's say good morning to our girl, Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. Hanging in there. Thanks. Just wanting to make sure I, you know, give God the glory this morning and push through. Oh, thank you for asking. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always look at pictures and videos, and we always laugh. And the first thing we say is, and they're just so innocent, and you to think mm-hmm. that, Someone else could look at this, know that they were once a child, and still pour acid on a slide. Really? 
you know, it's it's funny that you say that type of stuff because that came across my mind once. Like, you would think that some people were born an adult and they have no type of connection with ever being a child. Like, they have no type of experience with ever being a child. And especially, like you said, when you look, you know, at these kids and you think about how people can look and say, this is what I'm going to do anyway. Some big grown people who hurt them and they say, you know, you you still shouldn't do that. But like, it's some big grown people who've done something wrong to you and you say, you know what, I have to get back at them for such and such a thing. It's like kids, and I was just watching, looking at a file. I don't remember if I was watching a movie or something. I was like, I hate slides because very few parents mandate that their kids play on a slide properly. So you have one set of kids that's coming down the slide properly, then you got another set of kids that's climbing up the slide, that's sitting <laughs> at the bottom of the slide, that's doing this. And it's just like, okay, so now here where you could just sit on a bench and just let your child play and watch. Sometimes the parent has to interfere, either tell their child don't get on the slide and so the other child stops doing what they You know, it's just like something that could be so simple, you know, can possibly turn into a headache. And now that's not even the headache anymore. The headache now is you have to take a, a chemical kit to the park and test every swing and slide or whatever to make sure no one has put something on it. It's just like, why do you have time for this? You know, they say that probably in handling this liquid that, you know, the perpetrator was probably burned as well, and I sure hope so. I know that doesn't sound the most Christian thing, but I'm going to have to go past the Charlotte today. I hope you <laughs> feel what it felt like to burn mm-hmm. this acid. And I hate to say that because the Bible says vengeance is mine. But I tell you, it, it it is just disgusting that you would just wake up. And we've done stories where the person said, you know, they confessed to saying, yeah, I, they just woke up that day and said, I'm going to, you know, force, wreak this havoc today. I'm going to kill somebody mm-hmm. today. You know, this is just outright intentional. So, you know, I'm not talking about my revenge. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying I'm going to stand on the side and, and do acid. No. What I'm saying is I hope the same thing you rendered for someone else, you got a taste of it. Because this here, this is this is utterly ridiculous and senseless. And, again, when you think about a child, a per, an adult who intentionally hurts a child, even if you were hurt as a child, you should mm-hmm. you would know how it felt. You wouldn't you shouldn't want to hurt another child, you know. So it, this is mm-hmm. really some twisted, demented thinking when people just you know make a mess of a child's playtime. When for how many you know how long were we all quarantined and locked in and they couldn't even get outside? So. You know, I hope they find that person, and I really hope they make them pay accordingly because this year, this this was real senseless and just sad. Uh, so, 
you know, just when you think it's safe. You know what's funny? Elderly people do not want to put their information on the line. (laughs) 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 They do not want to put their information into the computer system because they don't trust it. You know, they don't, you know, believe that people, you know, um, you know, that they feel safer with the live check. And here you have it, just the opposite, where you ain't got to worry about the Internet only. You actually have to worry about the checks. Vivian says 680 thousand reports from the banks I mean at one point that's a whole lot of checks floating around in the mail and I'm just trying to figure out like who in the world is still writing checks the elders because no one who is computer savvy is mailing checks first of all you don't feel like going to no post office or the mailbox I haven't trusted a mailbox in years. So really, you know, now this is, so to me, I would consider this elder fraud as well. What would you say, um, Lady Tamika? I feel like it's everybody fraud for those who, you know, are still doing it, you know, um, Every now and then, I'll I'll be honest, you know, I have, you know, had to write a check to, you know, something or, you know, give a check to somebody um, if I can't cash up them or, you know, there there are a lot of venues. In most cases, you can do it that way, but every now and then there's a random check that has to go out, you know, and now I got to be frightful for that. You know, I already had a problem in my neighborhood. They were vandalizing the post office box. One time they broke it. Wow. So they they got it fixed and then they have these new mailboxes where you can't open it up to put the mail in it's just a little slot that you stick oh, yeah. the mail in well they they some way somehow i guess they must have put a piece of paper or something and set the mail inside the box on fire so now you got to call the mm-hmm. fire department to rescue the the blue box and now each time you got to follow in the mail well, did you know send a check to somebody did you get it you know th- this is like crazy and and they keep doing things you know in my neighborhood is, is it just seems to be popular now for, for just you just keep finding new ways to do things you know um we got people walking up and down the street with shopping carts um following the courier trucks dhl at uh fedex you know, as soon as they come out, as soon as they deliver a box, if you don't go downstairs fast enough, they got their shopping cart, they got your box, and they're gone. You know, and there's just more and more ways of creating creating travesty. It's like, okay, ever since we have been able to get out, we should, you know, I, I know this sounds horrible, but, you know, maybe we should go back to the days when we were housed because at least then there wasn't so much travesty out there. It's just, this just doesn't make sense. So now Grandma can't write a check. You know, now you got to, Grandma, let me let me put it online for you, and she's already fighting you because she doesn't want you to do that. Right. You know, so, well, I know how to do it. I've been doing it this long for such and such, and, you know, she's going to tell you, you know, how she wants it done. And that makes it complicated because now you got to keep following the check to make sure that it made its destination and that 
her account and all all that attaches to her is not, you know, in pandemonium because of just the move of trying to pay a bill. Right, right, right. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, Shanti's, you know, Vivian's numbers were just breathtaking. You know, they're telling us do not put checks in the mail anymore, find another way to pay your bills. They're even saying that UPS said that there were 300,000 mail thefts. So Tamika's talking about, you know, them uh, doing damage to your mail in the mailbox. You know, the 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 um, the banks are complaining at 680,000, and, and, and the post office is saying, that they've been robbed <laughs> 300,000 times at least, okay? They said 3.4 billion checks were written. Oh, my gosh. What do you do now? You can't trust online. You can't trust the mail. What do you do? Yeah, I, my grandmother was one we had to fight with because she never wanted us to pay her bills on the line. Allie, listen, check this out. Right? I ain't going to no post office 80 times this month or once a month. I ain't want to once a month. So you want to pay your bills via check or money orders. Like, no, who, you think I'm going to a check cashing place? You really lost it. And I understood her, you know, concern, especially because she wasn't the one logging on, on the line. It would have been one of us, you know, doing it. And we kept having to reassure her, like, we know what we're doing because this is how we pay our bills. Like, we're not asking you to do something that we're not doing. But it's like either way you guys feed. Either way you have scammers online or you have the physical feed. So either way you just got to be on point with your things and just pray. I mean, in my personal opinion, I think it's a little safer to do it electronically because it can be traced a little easier. Then if I have a physical, you know, that's like someone stealing my cash. I ain't got no marked bills. Oh, you know. I don't have any, I don't have any marked, you know, any marked bills. So it's a lot easier if someone was to steal my money electronically because, okay, I went to this site, I went to this app, I paid here, I used this card, you know. Even if it takes a while, it's a little easier. But if someone steals your physical check, how are you tracing that? Yeah, and you're not going to know until the first uh, withdrawal of uh, your funds. You're not going to know this until someone either complains first, they never got it, and then you're just going to think it's lost in the mail, or either they're going to now, <clears throat> excuse me, now, you know, tell you to issue another one, and here you are sitting back, keeping your fingers crossed, hoping that it's just kind of lost until somebody hits you with a major mm-hmm. withdrawal because they have your routing number and your bank account number. So... You know, it, it's the only way, other way is to actually call and do it by phone. And I don't know about y'all, I hate it. I hate that more than the mail. I can't stand when I got to press one for this, 
press two for that. Press this. But then even with that type of stuff, you, you still have to make sure, like, you're calling the number on the back of the card. Yeah. You can even look the number up online because they got so many different scam numbers out here, and they have people perpetrating as if they're the representative of such and such a credit card or a company. So it's like, okay, no, let me call and let me speak to so-and-so. Don't call me talking about you want to collect the payment. No, I had someone last month do that. Like, oh, we see that you're late. I know, I ain't see it. I'll call you back later on today. Don't be calling me. I'll call you and I'll speak to someone else. I ain't want to speak to you. Just in case you call, let me speak to someone else. So I, I agree. The whole call, like speaking to someone over the phone, that's not always safe either. No, and you know it's 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 just a mess. It's just a mess. And as always, the crooks <laughs> got you jumping through hoops to live a normal lifestyle. So it's like you just can't get you just can't get out of it. You can't get around it. You're just gonna have to do what you do that you do. And just make it happen somehow. And you know what? I just say this is another reason why we need to find Jesus. Because, you know, I, I'm at the point where I'm not running all over the place trying to figure out how to get this done. Listen, God's going to have to take care of Stephanie. And God's going to have to send his angels to protect me on the line or on the phone. Because I, it, it, you just really have run out of options here. You got to pay the bills, and everywhere you go, it's just dangerous. So, listen, Lord, you're going to have to have this. I'm not going to stop paying my bills online, despite the fact that I just had to cancel a card <laughs> last week because I told y'all $293 my bank account was hit for. So, you know, you, you just got to trust God, really, because it's nothing you can do to stop the fraud. It is nothing you can do to stop the fraud. All righty. We've got this other, I mean, these statistics Vivian came up with this week are just breathtaking and staggering. 200, more than 258 million people across 58 countries face severe hunger. And they're saying this is the highest, I believe, in seven years, I think Vivian said. And this is due to COVID, inflation, the war in Russia, all kinds of things. And, you know, not only are we talking about the the head count, but we're talking about the country count. Well, of course, because Russia was, was warring with another country or two. So, you know, look at all the poverty those countries now face. I mean, this is this is amazing. And we're, we're going to start with you, Shanti, you know, with all that the United States is now doing. I really would love to know our statistics. As a matter of fact, Vivian, if you're still available, if you could please find the statistics of the hunger right here in not only the United States, but the hunger here in New York City. Please, if you don't mind. Shantice, in the interim. Uh, 
It just makes me think about everything we've been speaking on regarding the asylum seekers and how they're just throwing all this money. There's so much money and so um, many resources that is available all of a sudden. But yet you can't take care of the needy people that belong here. So when I hear things like this, even without hearing the exact number, but if I heard there's one person walking around New York City right now hungry, why? Why why isn't there someone sent from the higher ups who is sent to walk around each borough with bags of food to give out or with an address as to where to go sleep in days to hand to someone or even people who just because they work and they have a home doesn't mean that they're not hungry. You know, even it makes me think of, um, you know, there needs to be someone who mandates these restaurants. I've worked in restaurants where they're throwing away tons and tons of food at the end of the night. And God forbid we try to take some home. No, it's garbage. So, Forget if anyone's hungry. You're going to throw this food in the garbage. Instead, and I remember the last restaurant I worked in, they just built like a little shopping duplex. And I suggested, I said, why not let a few of us go to this Burlington, this this Five Below, this whatever other store, and see who's hungry. Just because they're working doesn't mean they can't afford to eat. We work in the restaurant half the time and couldn't afford to eat. How many times we've come here hungry? Or, you know, such and such, but it's it's like, why is there any high level of hunger or need going on around here, but yet we're not hearing that there's anything done about it? That's my thing. Why isn't there a follow-up? So if we've done our research and we, you know, come across that there's 50,000 Americans that's hungry, or there's 50,000 people in the state of New York that's hungry, and this is what we're going to do. Why isn't that followed up with anything? And that's what's most disturbing to me. It's just, okay, these are the statistics. Have a good day. <laughs> like, I think that that's just the saddest part. Yeah, this is, it, it's amazing. It's amazing how all this money is being thrown around, and now you, these people probably have left poverty and now they're entering poverty. Oh, Lady Tamika. I'm not Lady Tamika. I'm so sorry. Pastor Charlotte is joining us now. And we're going to hear what she has to say about this hunger issue at such a grand level. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, ladies. How are you all today? All righty. Thanks. Good all righty. Amen. I am... Um, listening and yes it is a, a big problem and I'm just like what um, Shantish just said that why are we not taking care of those that have already lived here as well um, when I feed on Fridays and well we were feeding on Fridays and um, now it's not every Friday so what I had always said to them was that we have so many restaurants bodegas um, and then they have people who, like in the manors, you know, uh, they have these the weddings and stuff. They should have a place where that when the the service is over, that they can take 
and send somebody out and store this food and feed the homeless. You know, and like you said, it's not always when we're feeding, it's not always just homeless that come in there. There's people who work every day that just can't afford it. There's people there that you at least expect that just can't afford a good meal. You know, um, I've heard so many stories and where that you're able to take care of the neighborhood, where you're able to, um, they can have a place, a warm place to come into. Because a lot of times these people um, just sitting in the bus stop. And then now that you have the overflow of the extra that is here, they don't have anything, you know. And now, you know, my, my thing has been is people are so hungry and desperate that watch your groceries. Because before we know it, they're not going to take your money. They're going to be taking your groceries. And it's, we have to be able to take a stand because when you are outside, you know, and you're walking block to block, you see all of these people. And they're begging and they're asking and they got their kids out there. It's worse off than what it was before. So I think that they should do something. And like it has been said many times, all of a sudden you finding all of this money, but feed the people. They would rather be fed, even if you can't find some place for them to sleep. If you feed them, you know, and once you feed, be able to feed a person, they're able to hear you. And that's the same way that we do, right, coming to Christ. If we feed the right. people physically food, they have room to be able to hear the spiritual food and how they're able to make it and how they're able to do this. But it's, it's been so bad where that people are so scared, you know, that they don't want to help, you know. But you got to be able to put it out there and pick a place. Pick a place, even if it's in a park, you know. Okay, restaurants are closed. This is closed. Send the food somewhere. Send the food somewhere. Because this is a lot of food. And we think about how much food that we have put in the garbage, you know, child, child. too long, right? Sitting in there too long, or I don't want that, or it yep. didn't taste right. But if you hungry, it don't matter how it tastes, right? That's if right. You, that hungry, you will eat. That's right. You know? and so we got to be able to come up with something that you be able to do this. You know what I mean? Because everybody is not as fortunate. And a lot of, I just want to say this last week, a lot of the churches open up like for Christmas they feed and Thanksgiving they feed. And I said, but these people eat every day like right. food. Right. So let's not wait Absolutely. for a holiday, you know, to feed somebody. So it has to be able to come up with something that is much better than what is going on and have a place for all the food to come to. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Lady Tamika, what do you say about this hunger crisis? All right, so I'm going to go on the other realm. Um, Just in picking up groceries, the price of food is ridiculous. Um, Yeah. I'm a little older. You know, and I remember when a bag of chips was 25 cents. That's you right. You can't even buy right. a bag of potato chips for less than a dollar. A bottle uh-huh. of water is more than a dollar. There's nothing that I can think of except for maybe like your 
now that I think about it, certain cookies are a dollar. Like, yeah. what can you get for 50 cents now? You know, candy. You can't survive off of candy, you know. And so somebody, you know, is living off of a bag of chips and making it last for a week. Can you imagine that? Can you phantom mm. that, you know, and because that's all they're thinking for. Also, think about it this way. If I'm eating a bag of chips a week, what is my health looking like? You know, right. how am I maintaining, right. how am I functioning? And so not only that, here we go. If I, if my physical body is out of sorts, then my mental then my body mental is going to be out of sorts. So there could be all kinds of things that I'm doing now to acquire um, food. You know, I look at people, uh, matter of fact, just the other day, I saw a lady outside the grocery store where we went, and she was like, can you help me? Can you give me something to eat? Can you, you know? And, you know, I'm thinking about it, you know. She was given $5, but when you think about it, when you don't have a lot, what are you getting with $5? You know, nine times out of ten, because you're hungry, you're not going into a grocery store. You're going to McDonald's. Five, what, you can't even really get a meal now at something simple, at a, at a simple restaurant for $5. You can actually get a large fry, and that's $5. You haven't gotten a meal. All you got is french fries. You know, you can get yeah. a soda for almost three dollars. Yeah. That just yeah. you know, the price and cost of everyday living. You know, in in my neighborhood, there is I, I don't know what they call it. I'm going to call it an honesty box. So what it is is it's a box or a refrigerator where people in the neighborhood have items that they no longer want or not interested. You know, it doesn't mean that the item is spoiled. It's just that hey, listen, I really don't want this chicken. I cooked it. You know, and I'm going to put it here for somebody who might want it. You know, um, sometimes it's, it's cooked food. Sometimes it's raw food, you know, for somebody that needs it in the neighborhood. I've never seen it overwhelmed with food. I don't know, you know, how often it's checked, but it is something that can be utilized for somebody. You don't have to look at what the person is. You don't have to ask any questions. They literally just open up the box, take the item, and go. Um, the other benefit is, you know, um, we, we, we just talked about two rows that are feeding. You know, Pastor Charlene is feeding. Um, and she's feeding in Manhattan, and we're feeding in Brooklyn. But still, that number still doesn't change. You know, there's just, and then you're bringing more people in. So my heart just goes out, you know, to the state of New York, the state of the world, because you see, when people are hungry, you know, it can cause your your your, your mental psyche to go crazy. There's all kinds of stuff that can transpire when you don't eat, when you don't sleep. Those type of things can cause pandemonium again. Absolutely, absolutely, ladies. Well, I get I did get some stats, and I have. Wait, hold on. What happened to my stats? Hold on. Okay, New York shows eight hundred and sixty-five thousand people with. Food insecurity. That's almost a million people. That is crazy. I looked up the United States, and it shows that 12% of the population in the United States struggle with hunger, which is about 41 million people. They say that, excuse me, that it's households with children and single mothers have the highest rate of the food insecurity. 
and and the hunger rate. And you know, when you when you hear these numbers, you know, these numbers are staggering. When you hear these numbers and you hear that restaurants are mandated to throw food out, or when you hear when you think about how many times your food in your refrigerator goes in the garbage. Um and boy, they used to catch hell up in here. Um, when so I just I fix them now. I just don't cook <laughs> because everybody, you know, I, I don't I don't eat this after two days. That's old. No, no, I'm sorry. People with old. It, no, I'm sorry. Now they may not eat it as long as I do. I, I will admit they don't have to eat it as long as I do. But you know, with all like Pastor Charlotte said. With all of these preferences and, you know, uh, little pet peeves and idiosyncrasies, and here you are, you know, feeding people because from time to time, you know, we've, a couple of times we've fed people here in Queens. And we were never short a bag, I'll tell you that much. We were never short a bag. And, you know, it was just real simple things, you know, something that they could just carry with them. And, you know, um, my my uh, heart's desire is to do it more, you know, because it's really beneficial to the community. It really is. You'd be surprised how, you know, people, you know, need. We had people with children, you know, with small children and, and things like that. You know, so it, it, it's really it's really sad. It's really, really sad. There was a guy who said, you know, he... Uh, he wanted to take a bag for him and his mother, who was home, you know, kind of homebound. And Pastor Charlotte mentioned that also, you know, when she was on before about how, you know, you can take bags, you know, for people. And this stuff is real. This stuff is real. And it's right in your neighborhood. It's probably someone next door to you. You don't know. And we have to really give God thanks that we have food to eat, because this is no joke. <clears throat> Excuse Amen. me. Amen. All right. Now, here is something really disturbing, especially for those of us on a due time with Pastor Steph, because last year we did several stories of the, the, the Rikers Island um, incidences that led to death. And to think that New York City Department of Corrections no longer, they are no longer mandated to report. Well, they were never mandated. They said it was a practice. But they don't have to tell the death rate in the facilities. Now, they gave a number for 22, but when it came to 23, they said it was unknown. So they are definitely exercising this practice. They are no longer going to give any press releases with this information on it. Vivian, I told you, the number she came up with this week were just outrageous. 4,998 inmates who died nationwide before they could even get their date in court. Breathtaking. It shows the negligence and the neglect that is taking place in these jailhouses 
and 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 followed up with her story of the man who was arrested who wasn't given his heart medication that that would go that would be part of that number and you know this here oh they're going to get away with murder now they're going to get this is literally how to get away with murder pastor charlene absolutely that is crazy um, so they're just feeling nobody is watching nobody, and they just allow everybody mm-hmm. to do whatever they want to do because they have been arrested. These are human beings, regardless of their wrong, whatever that they have done, that you still should be able to have the people safe. One of my biggest things is safety. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Safety should always go first. And then you got to remember, too, that a lot of people that's in there are innocent as well. Right. People have assumed, people have lied, people have, you know what I mean? And you pick up the wrong person, and it don't look like the person that you're looking for, you know, just to get a quota, because they do that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So now the thing is that you have the people that's on the outside, if they're allowing them to make a call, that's another thing that your families are now, they are worried. And that's where we got to get together. You know, multiple people come together is a powerful thing because it has to stop somewhere. It has to stop somewhere. You know, I thank the Lord that my kids never experienced going in jail, but they did pick my son up and rode him around for hours. But, you know, it could have been a statistic. He could have, you know, and there are so many of our color folks in there that they just don't care about. Something has to be done. Something. They need somebody with a, boy, a loud voice. But the bad problem is it has to hit home before some, and I mean somebody with power, right, with a name. It has to hit their house before they decide that they want to do something. That's the bad part. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because they said that the Department of Justice will have to be notified. However, they don't have to tell the public. And you're going to make us think that this was a, uh, what do you call that, a, a courtesy. Yeah, it's going to have to be, like Pastor Charlene said, when somebody big so gets a, a phone call, do you agree, uh, Lady Tamika? Oh yeah, this 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 is literally crazy. I I remember, like you said last year, when we were getting the guidance, it was almost every week yep. that we were getting a new death. I mean, literally almost like to the day. Like if it was a Wednesday, yep. then the following Wednesday somebody else died. And um, we weren't we weren't getting any leeway as to how or guidance as to how these these people were dying. You know, we understand that that type of environment is very volatile, anger and issues and fights and rage and malice and all of those things can happen at a moment's notice. But nobody is giving any guidelines. You know, Uh, you know, cousin Pete went in there um, and they they stated that he was supposed to go for questioning and now. You know, um, he's dead, you know, and nobody, you don't have to tell me why, you know, my heart goes out to families, you know, who, you know, 
are trying to figure out what happened to their loved one, you know, and for you not to be able to tell us that's not fair. You know, that honestly is not fair. You know, I, I happen to know by, you know, certain things that um, unfortunately inmates and I hate, I hate that ideal of just, you know, calling someone an inmate, but, or even a prisoner, you know, they are people who are incarcerated for whatever reason, you know, but um, you don't treat them like human beings, you know, you don't treat them the way that they should be treated, you know, understand that they've done something, however, they are still people. And, you know, when a life is just phased out and the family doesn't even get the right to know what happened to their loved one is really, really cruel and harsh. And, you know, they don't honestly get a chance to mentally uh, adapt to the fact that their loved one is passed because you're not giving them the information that they need. Yeah, this this is this is a bit much. This is a bit much. Now, they'll they'll probably be mandated to tell the immediate family, you know. So that that's something that they're not going to be able to get around. They're not going to be able to get around the Department of Justice. But this whole issue with not informing the public is a whole different can of worms. Why do you think, Shanti's? I think they're trying to cover up their tracks before they start killing some people. Why else would you take the time to really come up with this plan of not informing the public? You don't want anyone to be able to pick up on what you're doing. You want to be able to hide because it's every... And it was funny because I was watching... um, the the Bless Me video, Kirk Franklin and Maverick City. And I was like, wow, you know, God, as many times as I watched that video, every time I watch it, it was like, only you have the power to get inmates together to sing gospel. Like, it's only you guys. Like, you ain't got nothing to do with no Kirk Franklin, ain't got nothing to do with no Maverick City. This, this, this is you. And it wasn't until I watched it yesterday for like the quadrillion time, and I was like, we don't even know what these people are in here for. You could have right. a murderer standing next to a thief, standing next to a rapist, right. standing next to a pedophile. Standing, like, we, they didn't say, oh, these are just small crime inmates, or these are all the innocent people. We just said, okay, all the people who are here, we're not sure if you really committed the crime you in here for. Everybody come out on Tuesday. Or, no, you just have inmates. You're straight inmates. And it's like, it's not up to us whether it's, you know, regular citizens or whether it's COs or whether it's the warden, it's not up to us to determine their conditions as to how they should live, if they get to properly wash their uniforms, if they get fed properly, if they get the proper medical care. That's not for man to determine. If they have to complete a sentence, then they have to complete a sentence. And no, they shouldn't be in there with couches and cable and PS4s and all that. No. But it's not up to us to determine that they should live horrible, you know, to a point that's just like these are terrible living conditions. You got them dying from bed bugs and all of that. And this just sounds like they're just planning to start killing people off. And so we don't have to now give an account as to why we haven't given anyone medicine or why we want to perform our own version of an open-heart surgery. We're just not going to let y'all know because ain't none of y'all business nowhere. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, I won't go as far. <clears throat> you know, sometimes I wonder, did you come from my loins? You know, I won't go as far. <laughs> you sound more like Pastor Charlene's child than my child. But 
we won't you know we won't hold that conversation you know i think it's more of you're not planning to increase the conditions to make them better and let me look back at this note here new york city just wanted to make sure it was new york city i find it interesting that when we took over and uh, we weren't doing so well, now I want you to follow. I want you to follow what I'm saying. If you're an avid It's Due Time with Pastor Steph listener, you'll know what I'm talking about. When we weren't doing so well and all these deaths were taking place last year, and we we were being criticized, and we were asked, uh, and we were, we heard that now the feds were going to take over, and I begged for the feds to give me another chance. We heard nothing else about that, but now we hear the public doesn't have to be notified. Now, in order for that to be cleared. You 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 know somebody. You didn't picked up on something. You know mm-hmm. you have some power to shut that down. Now again, you're gonna have to tell the family. You're gonna have to tell the Department of Justice. But the biggest problem is with the community, with the public, and I'll tell you why. You can always silence people with a dollar. So my my, my my family member dies in jail. You offer me $5 extra than what you initially offered? Yeah. I'll take the money. And you will never have to let the public know that this person died for this reason. So what happens? Now the public does not get to influence whether the family takes money or not. Follow what I'm saying? Mm. When you can shut down the public, oh, you can do a whole lot of stuff because the Department of Mm -hmm. Justice doesn't necessarily have to say it. The family doesn't necessarily have to say it. So it all stays quiet. But I find it quite interesting that now that you never heard a word as to whether the feds took over, whether you got another chance or not, we never heard a follow-up to that story. But now we hear that the, that they don't have to tell anybody in the public. Oh, how coincidental. I'm sorry. That's what it looks like to Stephanie. It looks like a great big cover-up because you don't anticipate this getting any better. Not that you plan on killing people, but you don't plan on this getting any better no time soon. So when the stacks when when the stats begin to increase, oh yeah, now we're gonna come out with you can tell the public what's going on now. Yeah. So this is a great big cover up. And I don't know how many other people see it that way, but that's the way I see it. I see it that, you know, yeah, we're going to do what we want to do. We're going to be negligent, and we know we're not fixing up anything. We're not fixing any conditions. And as long as we don't fix conditions, we know 
that it's not going to change. Now, let me tell you how you know ain't no conditions going to be fixed. You have now let 100,000 people into the state, into the city, into the state of New York. 100,000 people you've let into New York City. Now, you know all this talk about getting rid of Rikers is gone because now they're using some of the local facilities. Okay. You use it for some of the local facilities to house your asylum seekers. So you have no place to put them. So now they're all going to go on Rikers Island when they commit crimes. So mm-hmm. now when they go on Rikers Island to commit crimes, if you think the conditions in there are bad now, imagine when the people who came here who thought they were getting better conditions won't get won't get better conditions. What are they going to do? They're going to start committing crimes. And they are going to now end up on Rikers Island. So now the population increases. And when the population increases, guess what happens? There are going to be more fatalities. And if we don't have to tell you about all the fatalities, we'll be able to get away with all of this stuff. Oh, oh. And half the people that's coming here ain't got no real family family either. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, they've already planned for this. There's a comment from from a listener from what I understand. Yes, Pastor Steph. Looks like I'm sorry the comments are coming up. Um are they anticipate listener sent in, are they anticipating more than normal deaths for the upcoming years? These politicians yeah. need to ask questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. The whole system needs an overhaul. Yeah, it seems like in another listener sentence, this looks like it's one big cover-up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll ask you ladies, you know, what do you think about that scenario? You know, some of our listeners have said it. You know, I'm, I'm saying it just straight out. Uh, Pastor Charlene, what's your thought? On that concept Absolutely um, I do think that it is a cover up I think that money is involved um, I think money Has always been involved when they Turn their back uh, Even in there in, in um, On Rikers Island um, I also think that, that That's going to become the housing For them You know because and, and most of the time, right, they're in the jail cell and people that, you know, you just know who have been there, and they say that it'd be crowded inside. So it's just going to double up. So now where that you don't have no space, they in your face, you know. So, yes, I do believe you haven't heard anything else from them of who is running the show. <laughs> and um, I do believe that it, yes, I do believe that it's always been money. Money for everything, and that's what keeps them quiet. Mm. Lady Tamika, <laughs> what do you think of that co- the cover up concept? Oh, definitely. You know, it, it it's easy to to just put the wool over the eyes of those that are not paying attention. You know, and 
you know, the sad part about it is some people live their lives as though if it's not my family member, if it's not my friend, if it's not somebody that I know, then it doesn't yep. affect me. But yep. it can and it will. How do you know that one day it won't be your, your, your sibling, your friend, your neighbor, you know, somebody that you know? And so, fine, you just li- allow it to lie dormant for a period of time until it hits your household, until it hits your neighborhood, your street, your home. Absolutely, absolutely. Shantiz, you can have a say as far as the the cover-up part. Yes. You know, I I said it. It's it's sad because even with, um, and I I completely agree with Lady Tamika, and that's something as soon as she said it, I thought about Emmett Till's mother, when that's what she said after the death of her son. Like, I didn't care what was going on in such and such area. I literally said it was none of my business until this happened to my son in that same area that I said I don't care about because it has nothing to do with me. And, you know, especially as Christians, we learn that we have to care. You know, and God blesses us with the discernment as to, you know, what to give a lot of attention to, what not to give a lot of attention to, or when to give a lot of attention, you know, to that, but this this just sounds like, you know, again, we're not the ones locked up. We're trying to make sure we stay out of, you know, or, or also rackets out. You know, we trying to make sure we stay out of the system, out of central bookings. At the same time, you know, there's there's still a care because they're careless. One of the reasons is because they're careless like this and they want to cover this up. What's the next thing they're going to start being really careless with and start covering up with, you know, everyday citizens who are not you know, likely to be in the prison system. You know, so it may really be started. This is just one of the areas that they're hitting right now. And some people may say, well, they in jail anyway, so it don't matter. But, no, this it, we need to be concerned. And just like the listener said, if the politicians don't care enough to pay attention and start asking questions, these are the same politicians that are governing us right now. And we see the decisions that they're making. But they, we we got people climbing our, our gates and fences and stuff because they just don't care, you know. So we we have to learn to share questions and showing them that we're paying attention to what they're telling us not to pay attention to. Like, what do you, what you mean don't pay attention to that? Why not? Why? No, I'm asking questions and hold them accountable where they're gonna have to, you know, give answers and have to move a certain way. So absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Put their feet to the fire. You you mm-hmm. will hold it in. You owe us answers. But like I said, with mm-hmm. all of this influx of asylum seekers, oh yeah, they're they're going to have to you know um, you know if they were under the same mandate, they would have to let us know how many people were over there dying. And when Vivian said there were. 5,000, pay attention now, 5,000 people who lost their lives before they even made it to court. So we don't even know if these people are guilty or not. They just mm-hmm. died. So that's another reason why we got to pay attention, because anybody can be picked up. And you don't have to be, it was said earlier, you don't have to be guilty. Well, I actually saw this story that Vivian is talking about, uh, about this, this gentleman who 
was arrested. Oh, here we go. He was just arrested despite the fact that there was no physical altercation. He was still arrested and being held for court. And had the judge not done what he did, there was possibly an uh, uh, there was a possibility that he would have been in the system's hands a little longer, and he would have died there. But because he was able to be kind of pushed out, not pushed out soon enough, but be able to be pushed out, he died on the outside from negligence of police and the correctional system, whether it was Mm -hmm. corrections of, you know, in a big jailhouse or whether it was, you know, corrections in a little local um, uh, uh, facility. So this is prime example. You know, you don't give a person his medicine. How, how in, what's the word I want to use? Inhumane is that, uh, Lady Tamika. Well, that's exactly the type of thing that I was talking about. You know, you don't treat people um, who are incarcerated like they should be. You know, if they have a health condition, you know, I, I know of an instance where a person was not supposed to do a specific type of sign, assigned work. You got them out there picking up trash and bending over when the individual specifically has told you, listen, I got a back issue. They um, had a doctor check them and confirm the same thing, but the individual still had to go out there and, you know, do what needed to be done, you know, and this is something that he's telling you, listen, I have to have this medication every day, you know, or I'll die. And you just don't have any type of compassion for their plight. All you know is they're there and you don't have to treat them like a human being. You know, they're not eating the right things. You know, you're not providing, providing you know, it, it you just, know, it, you know, it's not you know, just it's not the just, people that have been incarcerated, but some of the staff is really horrible, you know, and, if you've ever had the um, access to going to one of those facilities, depending on which person you get in contact with, even you as a person visiting can be disrespected. Um, they're just not very it's – a, it's a very dark place, you know, and the mentality and the, the way that people deal with, with one another is, is just deplorable. You know, my heart goes out to the family because this individual was treated – um, with such disrespect and disregard, and not even his plight for his health even, you know, prompted them to do anything to help. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. It is clear. Uh, Shantice, you're talking about inhumane uh, treatment before you can even get to the jail. Oh, how do you even manage in jail now? I'm telling you, they're killing these people off. <clears throat> Their plan is to kill these people off for whatever reason, whether they're getting paid to do it or if, listen, we don't, we can't house all these people, so kill them or whatever their plan is. But that, again, how, who said that you get to be the one to determine if someone gets the medicine that they need or not? How could you, unless, and again, you still shouldn't do it. Excuse me, but unless you're a cop who is now in there, right? Let's say someone kills your family member or someone close to you. You're in there 
and somehow you find out this is the person that killed your loved one, and you figuring, I ain't giving them nothing. You know, that wasn't your story. You just looked and said, you get no juice, you get no bun and cheese, you get no extra blanket, oh, you get no heart medicine. You Like, what? No. This is something intentional that they're doing. I couldn't even imagine knowing that you need any medicine. Diabetes medicine, high blood pressure medicine, Flintstone vitamins, anything. That's not your job. Your job is to take care of them. And that's what a lot of these cops and stuff don't understand. You are here to protect and serve. Serve. You're here to serve. Even the criminals, as a CEO, you're not there to now, as the Bible said, lord it over their heads that you're a cop and you're going to do what I say and blah, blah, blah. Because half the time, oh, they end up serving the inmates, all right? When, when, when they get in cahoots with the inmates and, and now the inmates got dirt on them and, and now you got to be enslaved to them before they blow you up. So, but it's, it, it, it's a plan to take these people out. Like, I, <laughs> this man needs medicine. Like, what? This is crazy. Uh, Pastor Charlene, you know, the bad part about it is we're talking about what happens when these people become inmates and, you know, the, the negligence somehow, some shape, form, or fashion ends up costing that individual his or her life. But this process is starting well before they even get to the jailhouse. Where the, where the, where, where, when you are being arrested for nothing, pretty much, because there was no physical altercation and you know how, how that can go, where they wouldn't even go inside and get your medicine. It's a power uh, struggle. Absolutely. Because of the fact that I can say, yep. if you take you, if you can. A lot of times, it happens. Hello? in the world I can't tell y'all what there is nothing on my end I'm so sorry <laughs> oh my goodness gracious okay. uh, keep going what that I tell you what's that Have a heart for the job that they have. 
So in the meantime of that, they will take and um, tell you what you can do, what you can't do, when you can, when you can't do. And some people take that to the next level because I have that power. Now, I'll give it to you. What you going to give me? You know, so it's going to be weird that um, uh, you said you need this medicine. So this is what I want, because I know that you're able to get this from the outside. Have so-and-so bring this in or, you know, whatever. Because of the power, because I can, I have that power, I'm going to make you be the puppet. And that's a lot that will happen. And And you're saying even before we get to the jailhouse. So when I come get you, right, because a lot of times we know that whatever they might have, it don't always make it to to the um, to court. It don't make mm. it to the jailhouse. It be in somebody else's pocket or in their car. So yep. And that's where yeah. it comes from, that power. Because I can do this. I can, uh, so I do. And, and you're absolutely right. It, it's about control. And, you know, unfortunately... Mm. You know, a lot of people go from, you know, being treated and uh, badly and victimized to, you know, on the outside to being badly treated and victimized on the inside. And, you know, with this new law that says that there's no mandate, all of this kind of stuff didn't have to be revealed. You know, this and, and think about it, across all the nation. The entire nation. This is what is. This is what people are experiencing, you know. And we hear that these police officers are getting worse and worse. And you know, if if this is all going on out here, imagine what goes on behind the gate. So you know that this is just something that we need to really keep lifted in prayer because it's going to take our prayer to make the change. It's going to take us, you know, helping people to not take the dollar. You know, don't take it for your family. Don't take the money if you're not getting any justice. It's different if, you know, you're getting justice along with it somehow. But when it's just a payoff and, you know, they're just using that for hush purposes, you know, you're really going to have to consider that, you know. Oh, my goodness. Ladies, you've done a fantastic job. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. I'm going to shut it down a little early today because I don't feel well, but I thank you so much for um, all your contribution today, and we pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. Feel better. Have a blessed day. Feel better. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, We can't go before we get that benediction. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's Romans 15, 5, and 6. Mm. Well, I will say in my closing that, you know, we really don't have a lot of options out here in this world. 
anymore. <laughs> our options are really, really being shut down. Our ability to live freely is being shut down. You know, we do not have the ability we don't uh, to say a lot of things we used to be able to say, to know a lot of the things we used to know. And, we, you know, if we don't pay attention to this, then, you know, I don't know what we're going to pay attention to. Because God is letting us know that he's shutting it down. He is shutting it down. So, you know, my, my advice to you is, if you have not accepted the Lord, please do so. Because that's the only thing, the only thing that's going to help us keep our sanity. That's the only thing that's going to help us hold it together is grabbing on to the Lord. You know, we're talking about this hunger crisis. Oh, but for the grace of God that we're not hungry. Oh, but for the grace of God. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal something to you all. My mother, we, we were, she was in our care. And she was getting food assistance, you know, because they give that to the elderly people. We never had an opportunity <laughs> to shop using, shop even for her, because we had no place to put the food. Now, let me help you understand what I'm saying. So, you know, she would need basics, and she would need to eat as well, but... By the time we went to the store, there was no room to put anything extra. So we really wouldn't use her card. We might buy bread and milk. That's about as far as it went. And I always marveled at God that, you know, you have Shantice who doesn't work. I'm on a fixed income. And there was no, you know, overflow of money coming in this house. No overflow of money. We didn't take her money. She wasn't here for us to get rich off of or anything like that. And we never had any food, any room for additional, for real additional food. The only thing we really would have to shop for is meat. And we have a deep freezer, and we have a regular refrigerator freezer that is a nice, very spacious, and there was no food, no room to put the food. And I just said to God, you're amazing. You know, do you remember in the Bible where it says that as long as you do what God tells you to do, he will bless you so much that you won't even have a place to put what he gives you. You couldn't even hold all the blessings. You have no place to store it. I'm here to tell you that that is accurate. There was no place to store the stuff. No place to store the stuff. And I think about how it's saying, um, you know, that the world is full of a hunger problem to the degree that he blessed us where people would come here, would come to Shanti, so myself, and say, you know, I really, you know, we really don't have any food. And we were able to give them food and still not miss 
any of the food we gave away. We ha- we literally had food to give away, and and it was almost like the widow and Elijah when he's when Elijah told her just get you know. She said, I only have enough for me and my son before we die. We, I'm preparing for us to die because this is it. He said, that's all right. Go do what I tell you to do. And she never ran out. There was never a difference between the before and after. This is what I'm talking about when I say you need to connect with God. You need to connect with our Father. Because, see, I don't know about you, but I serve a Father who's rich in houses and land. Houses and land. God owns it all. It all belongs to him. So, you know, the Bible tells you, as long as you live accordingly, nothing good will God ever withhold from you. Well, I plan on staying in that realm with the Lord. And I give God thanks that when I look at these staggering numbers that Vivian rendered today, these statistics did not hit home. And we didn't throw out a whole lot of food. I mean, we have thrown out a lot of food because after the third day, nobody wants to eat the food because it's old. Yeah, we've thrown out a lot of food, but I tell you, hunger has never been at this door. I tell them all the time, y'all can call me cheap. Yes, I will buy my Dr. Thunder. I'm buying my Apple Rings, but you'll ne- you you can never tell anybody there was a day you went hungry because. I mean, spare that dollar. You won't eat. You won't eat. You got to act, you know, wisely. But God's going to stretch that dollar. So connect with God. Connect with God and live accordingly. And you will find that there will be areas, no matter what this nation endures, you won't be a part of that number. Ooh, I like them odds. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things not all above, <laughs> that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, my ladies, for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please, please, please take this opportunity to give your life to the Lord right now. And if you've already given your life to the Lord, please use this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with him because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares. Where it's Therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you.